Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Well, good morning. So, I don't know if you have to, I don't know how you become a member here, what the deal is, but can you just by raising your hand, vote me in a member, can I be a member of Dwell Church? Okay, officially done, certified. I want a card. One card says official member. I'll, I'll show them that at the airport. They'll let me on any plane I want to get on. I'm a member of Dwell. You don't know... I know we're you're early in the stage of a church plant, okay? Yeah. But it doesn't feel like a new church. Yeah. Listen, I have preached in over five thousand different churches, and that is not I'm not that's not being evangelistic. That's yeah. not being you know I'm not stretching anything. I've done, been in itinerant ministry now for fifty years, so you do, yeah. you, you do the math. Yeah. Uh, and what it allows me to do is, uh, doesn't make me smarter, more popular, anything like that. But what happens is you get, you gain something called perspective. Here's what perspective is. My uh, son-in-law just, it, well, uh, two years ago finished his doctorate and doctorate of pharmacology. You know, if you're, if you're going to be a pharmacist nowadays, the, they, they, they only will hire you if you have a doctorate. It's just, that's serious stuff. But I, I'm glad. Yeah. I don't want them mixing up my medicine with somebody else's. <laughs> His first uh, semester, he had to memorize the names of 2,000 medicines. It's a serious pursuit. Uh, he graduated and he, he's, he's doing incredibly well, but he had to go through something called residency, which just like medical doctors, they go through residency. A medical doctor will tell you that residency is the closest thing to hell on earth because they wind up sleeping at the hospital most nights and they are on almost 24 hour day call and they rotate them even through places that are not their specialties. If they're gonna specialize in and, and, and cancer deal, they still have to rotate through ear, nose, and throat. And have you ever noticed that if the doctor asks to look at your throat, it takes him, he, he, I, 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 I used to think, he, they're not looking at anything because they just do this. Mm-mm-mm. Have you noticed that? It's like really quick. So I talked to my son-in-law, I said, this residency, he said, do you know how many throats you have to look down when you're doing your residency? And he said, that's really what they want. They want to just overload your senses with every possible disease and, and problem. And it, whether it's just a little kid with a, a, a runny nose, you know, little kids look cute when they get that glazed donut look <laughs> under their nose. At least we can laugh about it. I got two grand, two new grandbabies. Uh, 
but he said, they just overload you with that. So when a doc, by the time a doctor has been practicing, I don't know, five years, 10 years, it doesn't take him very long to look at your throat and know, do you have, what is something like, like post-nasal drip? Or do you have allergies? Or do you have strep throat? And they'll, they'll, they will have thrown their stick away before you can even swallow. Because, you know, that, what do you call that stick? Tongue depressor. Let's be official, you know. And, and I, I say, how, how can you figure? Do you know how many throats they looked down by then? Thousands. So it doesn't take them long. What is that called? It's perspective. Doesn't mean they're the best doctor in the world. Just means they've seen a lot of throats. Well, can I tell you, I have been in a lot of churches. I've been in a lot of churches. I wonder how many churches you and I were in together, David. It's hundreds, maybe thousands, a lot. And what that gives me is perspective, okay? So it doesn't take me long to walk into a church and like put my finger. Another thing is that they feel your pulse and sometimes the nurse will feel it longer. If a doctor does it, he just kind of, mm, yeah, okay. I don't know how like they, they there's some sort of a extrapolation that they, you know, count how many beats in 15 seconds and they got, they, they know how old you are <laughs> or whatever. But because I've been in so many churches and, and I'm telling you this, not so, I don't want you to think I'm bragging about it. I've been in a lot. Of, I, I'm not trying to be Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere, man. I've been, I should learn to sing that. Uh, but I t- I'm telling you that so you'll understand when I say something, I've looked down a lot of throats. I've looked down the throat of a lot of churches. I know when they're sick. I know when there's a problem. It doesn't take me long. I can walk in and I just I start... My, my feelers start feeling and my senses start sensing and my eyes start seeing. And I'm not talking about seeing who's there or how many's there. Because it really, at this point in your growth, it doesn't matter how many's here. It's what's being put in your DNA. You're in a, an embryonic stage. And, and the birth is about to happen. Well, we already have a church. Yeah, but you ain't seen nothing yet, honey. Right now, God's putting DNA, so he brings the nations. Yes. And uh, I, I had no idea I would be back, and I'm not even going to bore you with the fight it was for me to get here again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've traveled with me a lot overseas, and they know that when in my office would always ha- have to dial up, seriously dial up their prayer and start a fasting chain because almost every time we would leave for an overseas trip, something dramatic happened at the office. And when I mean dramatic, I'm talking about, listen, I wish for the days that I had $1,000 problems. I wish for the days I had $10,000 problems. But then when you're, you're running a ministry and things are going on and needs are there, my problem, by the time it gets to me, it's big. Yeah, yeah. 
Otherwise, it's, it's, it's been dealt with. And we would leave to go overseas, and we'd have a $100,000 problem. One time, one time, I had a plane, and they canceled the insurance on the plane. They said, oh, it's an accident. I said, accident? What if I had one? Uh, and it all got, but it's just, it's, sometimes it's little things that get blown into big proportion. This time for me coming here, it's a big thing. And, but you know what? I decided the, I'll, I'll just tell you, my middle daughter is in the hospital with bacterial and viral pneumonia. And, and it's, it's really serious, really, really serious, uh, She's not just, they just didn't like keep her overnight. She's, going, she's already been in there like three days and they said she may not get out in a week because of the, the, the uh, damage to her lungs. And she's 33 years old and really, really had nothing. And so, you know, the parent in me says, I need to be there. But what do you call me? The... I'm quivering inside again, guys, like I was when I was here last time. I just, I walked, first of all, I walked in and they were having a prayer meeting in the office. What a great way to get greeted. Uh, I should, as a parent, yeah, I need to be there. But my wife said, if you don't go, the the Satan's just going to keep attacking because he knows he can keep you from doing what you're so I am here on assignment I feel like a paratrooper that's been dropped in like a green beret or something and I've been through a lot of fights okay folks if the devil tries to chew on me I am holy ghost gristle he won't be able to swallow it I just you know why I'm not the strongest but I don't quit you cannot lose if you do not quit. Oh, we, we need, you need to write that down. Put this. You cannot lose if you do not quit. Say it with me. I cannot lose. Say it again. I cannot lose if I do not quit. Why? Because as long as you don't quit, he don't quit. And I don't know everything. I, my my little sensors and feelers and, and the Holy Ghost things just are going buzzing crazy today. I have so many things that I feel like I need to tell you. Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, I will be back. I, I they haven't talked to me about that, but if I have to come and sit on the front row and, and beg to get up and give a testimony, well, I'll... I, 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 I will be back. <laughs> that was a bad one. I should. I need to practice that if I'm going to do it. I will be back. Uh, because I, you, you are at a, you're at a, 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 a deflection point. Um. Uh, I, just, I don't even know. I mean, I, I'm a guy of words, okay? I've written 38 books. I, I can, I can, I know. What, but when I get in places where I feel the sense, and I, I've preached to crowds of hundreds of thousands. Uh, I, I would rather preach to 150 and be in the right place at the right time than preach to thousands and be in the wrong place 
the right time. You you thought I was going to say the wrong place at the wrong time. But no, what's worse than that is to be in the wrong place at the right time. I'm here. I'm on assignment. God is getting ready to do something in Dwell Church. I don't know. Is it going to be a revival? Is it going to be like a Brownsville? Is it going to be like Toronto? Is it going to be like this? Quit putting God in a box. If you think he only has, can do what he's, what he's done before. Now, we, we, we call on him and say, Lord, you've done it before. Do it again. But can I tell you something? He said, your, your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard, and you can't even imagine it in your mind. God can do. Start dreaming big, and then God says, <laughs> you're just getting started because you're barely in my backyard. I, that, I can do that with my eyes closed because he can do more than you can ask or think. The word there is a translate. It's your imagination. You can imagine everything you want and then say, yep, God can do that. And he's looking for people that will believe him for those kinds of things. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not prophesying or predicting church growth. I'm prophesying and predicting personal growth. Church growth follows personal growth. It's just something God. And besides, there are such things as a personality cult. And, and, and it's just a gathering of people that identified this. Oh, help me, Lord. Well, it's a bunch of people and they sing good songs and they do charismatic bunny hops. And, uh, you know, they're all, but I don't know if it's a church because He's not at the center focus of everything. Now, here's what I feel about dwell. David don't care. In fact, I don't care. We were talking last night and we, we, we talked till, I don't know how long. He helped me get up to my room. We sat at the, I sat, we stood at the door of my room and just kept talking because we, we, we trade heartbeats. Okay, you know, he trades, I trade, I tell him, he tells me, I tell him, and we, we inspire one another. And one of the things we talked about is, David, we've been in this long enough. I'm not trying to get up and impress you with my preaching. He's not trying to get up and impress you with his singing or his preaching. Yeah. It, it, what I like is when ego is gone and knees are bowed, that burning knee, I'm going to preach about that, okay? Maybe not today, but I'm, I'm going to preach about the vision of the burning knees. That, that, that was powerful to me. It's not about ego. It's about him and bowing before him. And when God finds a church that he is the hero, then he puts on his cape and he starts acting like a superman. Why don't you just go ahead and say, Jesus is my hero. That'd be a cool t-shirt. Wow. 
I don't know what to talk to you about. I don't. Um, first of all, when I was here, I don't know who did this, David, and if they're here today. Carissa? Thank you. I'm going to get my picture taken with this. Can they put it up on the screen? There it is. Can you read it? Yeah. I want you to look at where the compass is pointing. Can you see it? This is what's important. This little green part that's it pointing at. Um, it's time to go north. I, 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 I've done some more uh, study about that, and what, I want to talk to you about one aspect, and I'm, I may squeeze something else in here in the middle of it, okay? As far as navigation, and I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you why I'm interested a little bit more in navigation than I may have previously been interested in. Anybody have a dream? You know, like, I'd love to get that car one day. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. It's okay if you want to drive a Corvette. I didn't say your wife would let you. <laughs> it's not practical for the groceries. <laughs> you know what happens to old men? When they get old and, and they finally have a little bit of money put together, they buy the car that they wanted when they were 17. Right. <laughs> and they just feel 17 again. Why? That dream never died. It's just up there. It, it's okay to dream big about God and for God and, and things that he's, he's wanting to do. Because I just told you, you can't dream bigger than what he can do. I, 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 I love to... I love to eat. You can tell. The um, I was in an Italian restaurant, and I was looking on the menu, and my friend that took me there told me, he said, listen, it's kind of a little hole in the wall. Don't you love those little hole-in-the-wall places? Uh, and, and he said, listen, this is the real, they speak Italian in the kitchen place. And he said, it, whatever you get is going to be good. And I looked over the menu, and I didn't see exactly what I wanted. I'll tell you what I wanted. I wanted a, what, what kind of pasta is it that's that little curly one? Rigatoni? Am I right? Rigatoni? Thank you, sir. I'm, somebody's smart in this room. And his wife fell over laughing. I love rigatoni. I don't know. Just everybody, it's, I like like it because it keeps all the juice on it. You know, I like the firm texture of it. I'm ready to go eat rigatoni right now. I'm about talk, talking myself into it. And uh, the sauce, you know, there's the normal tomato sauce, or you can get the what is it, uh, Alfredo sauce, or whatever. But the one I really like is called rosé. And I don't know, it starts with a tomato base and they add this and that. And I, I thought to myself, what I really want is some rigatoni and, um, with rosé sauce on it. But it wasn't on the menu. So 
I asked the, the, uh, the wait, waiter, or I don't know if it was a waiter or a waitress, I can't remember. I said, look, what I, I don't see what I want on here. I told her, Rigatoni, she wrote it down. She said, let me go check with the kitchen. And my, my pastor friend, he said, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. She may not know, but they're going to know exactly what you're talking. And the cook, the chef came out and he said, I'm so excited. I get to cook something that's not on the menu. Because most people feel like they're limited to only what's on the menu. And he said, I just, I get bored cooking the same stuff all the time. And somebody comes in and throws down a challenge. Do you know what Dwell Church has just done? We've thrown down a challenge to God. And we've sent an order into the kitchen of heaven. And, and the angels may have said, hmm, I don't know, because we've never done that that way before. And he says, I got this. I've been cooking up heaven's delights long enough. I know exactly how to put it together. Can I tell you, they brought that rosé out. I, I, had, I got it all over me. It was, it was so good. I was, uh, it was amazing. And I remember to this day, that's, that's been years ago, but I remember the, 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 where the little place was. I'd wonder if I could find it and if the same cook was still there. Probably not. He was old, which was good. I like old cooks. That means they've survived their own cooking. So what, what you actually can do, you, and I'm, I'm going to use the Bible as an allegory for the menu. Anything that's in the Bible, that's what's on the menu. That's a whole lot of miracles, signs and wonders. David's going to launch into, at some point, explaining to you what signs and wonders are. It's different than just miracles and healing. It's a, it's a whole different dimension. But if it's happened, you know, and it's in there, you can just say, I need this chapter 3, chapter 4, verse 22. And he said, and, and no problem, that's on the menu. But do you know what you can do? You can dream up something that's not even on the menu. That God, you might think he hasn't done it before, but he, it just wasn't on the menu. Because we're told by a New Testament writer, if they wrote all of the things that Jesus said and did... It would be impossible to compile it. That, what does that mean? That means there's a whole lot of stuff he did. We, we, we don't know about it, but he, he did it anyway. And I'm challenging you. Don't put God in a box and say, if we have this, if we have revival or this move that we're talking about, it's got to look like this and this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Can I just tell you, there's all different kinds of revivals. I'm a student of revival. I've studied it. There's revivals where there's massive crowds. There's revivals where there's massive signs and wonders. There's revival where there's massive healings and revival where there's massive salvations. But there's, can I just stretch your mind a little bit? Here's one I've been studying, economic revival. What's economic revival? That's when God breathes on the finances 
And I'm quivering all inside right now. It's like, I want to be on my tiptoes preaching, but I'm too old to stand up there. When God, an economic revival, do you, first of all, if you're going to, if you're going to, build a church which is equivalent to building a barn which is to, for places for the harvest to be put that's all it is we don't glorify buildings and we don't glorify building buildings we, we, we it's just a place to put the barn we don't come to church to worship church and when you understand that an economic revival, if God is going to bless a church, okay, how many of you believe God's going to bless Dwell Church? Yes. Dwell Church has all their ducks in a row. They're set up for that blessing. But here's the cool thing. Do you know how God sends an economic revival to Dwell Church so they can build a barn and do all the things? that he, Do you know how he does that? In order for that blessing to happen, he has to bless you. How many of you really want Dwell Church to be blessed? So God trusts you with the finances first. So everything flows through your hands. You know what that means? God has to dial up your inflow. But then when he does, don't forget what it's for. Uh, thank you for giving today. I want to tell you that I'm very serious about Ukraine. Uh, my wife has almost signed off on it. Uh, I'm definitely going into Moldova. One of my spiritual sons uh, that I have, I have been in Ukraine more than 20 times. Okay, I've been there a, a lot and I know the people and I've, I've, been, I've, I've been all over Ukraine, not just like in Kiev. I've been in some of the places where the fighting is going on. I've been right there. And it, it breaks my heart. And one of my uh, uh, spiritual sons is now, uh, he, he uh, I told him, I literally, he started traveling with me doing missions. And I said, here's how you do it. And you know what? He started doing it. Wow. He, he took me serious. Yeah. And now he's got a, a missions that's in, in, in three nations. And he's got preaching stations and all, all these kinds of things. And I just think, for once, somebody listened and believed because yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I, I believe in you you can do this and he's in Moldova and they're buying all the old vans and, and minibuses that they can because they are driving it's a either 90 kilometers or 90 minutes I don't remember it's a very Moldova butts up against uh, Ukraine has, a, has a, quite a long border Moldova is a small country and Moldova is known as the sex traffic, the, the most sex traffic country in the world. And he had his missions there is, here's what happens in, in Moldova. A lot of kids are in foster care because the, 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 uh, the, the family values have been decimated by the enemy. Let's just put it like that in, in Moldova. And there's, way more than should be of kids in foster care. And the state doesn't have much money to take care of them. And when these young girls turn 18, they are put out of foster care with no skills, nothing to do. And they, they give them a bus ticket back to the village where they came from. And the foster care homes that have 
hundreds of kids are in cahoots with the sex traffickers and will tell them when they're releasing young girls and they drive to that village and find them because they're trying to figure out what to do. They don't have any family in the village even anymore. And they find them and they, they say, uh, we can get you a good job in Italy. And all they need to do is get them in the car because the doors don't unlock once they're in that car. And, and their life is headed for hell. And that's, that's Moldova. But because he had created these houses for these girls to live in, he's able to put girls, instead of everybody getting their own room, they, they have to crowd in. Why? Because they're bringing in whole families from the Ukraine to stay in a place that he didn't even know that he was building it for that. And I cannot watch one of my sons be over there and do that and not go stand beside him for a few days and say, hey, dad's in this with you. Because, and so if you want to know why I'm going to, why I'm going to Ukraine, I can't stand to see what's happening. Oppression is evil. All oppression is evil. Slavery was evil. It was oppression. And he came to break the chains and set the captives free. And at least I want to be there to celebrate their freedom. So that's, that's why I'm going to Ukraine. And that's why sometimes it, 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 it takes money and all of these other things. But do you know how I got... I'm not even going to tell the, the financial miracle we had happened this week. And I said, I told you, Jeannie. When, the moment we put out, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm going there. And this is the first place we've told, okay? And told any, any this is the first place we've told because we're just getting, I'm just talking my wife into it, you know. She's just, she's saying yes, but I, I got to get more than her head saying yes to her heart saying yes too because her prayers are what protect me. She's my bodyguard even when I'm gone. I'm serious. She's a praying lady. And I'm sorry. I want to start talking about things like this. We had a major financial miracle in our own personal lives. And it was like God said, you you put your, you stick your neck out and you have a vision. Yeah. I don't do anything until you, until you get the vision. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's why Pastor David says the things that he does. He's trying to, he wants you to get the vision yeah. and to buy into the vision because then once you get the vision, God has the provision. Oh, I ought to put that in a book somewhere. Once you get the vision, then God has the provision. He provides the provision. But if you, if you don't go ahead and write, even if it's not on the menu, I, I, I don't know if Moldova's on the menu in the Bible. I can't find a place and say, yeah, that's talking about Moldova. I know Persia. I know all of these other, but Moldova, I don't know. But I can tell you he's doing stuff there anyway. 
Why? He will do off-menu items for people who have the, the fortitude and the faith to ask him for some things that otherwise would be undone. I'm asking God to do things he's never done before. I'm not being irresponsible. I am asking God to do things he's never done before because we're not living in the same world we lived in before. If we want to see God really have a revival and change things, he's going to have to do things he's never done before. So I was telling you the real reason, well, not the real reason, but one of the reasons why I've been interested in this navigation thing a little bit more it is do you know I, have, I this is just like last, I haven't got to a single note but God is just like whispering things in my ear to tell you and I'm doing my best okay I, I there I, I preach sermons lots of them I know how to put a sermon together but I told I think I told you guys last time I wasn't preaching a sermon did I say that I, 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 that's how I, I want to say that again I it's just something that that heaven is telling me, and my job is to, is to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, a point of uh, what do you call it? Confession. I have a dream. I want a boat. Any any other anybody else in here with me? You want a boat? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I don't want no little motorboat. The one I'm looking at has five bedrooms on it. And it's not a ship. It's, we'll call it a yacht. It's okay. God, had, God can give yachts. Why do you want that? I'll tell you why. Because I want to, when we were young and before we had kids, my wife and I went on a three-month mission trip to the Caribbean and we island hopped on airplanes and went to all of these islands and, and, and I've kept a relationship. I want to go do missionary work where I don't have to worry about the hotel and I'm going to sail to all of those islands that need the gospel and need to hear. And you're saying, Tommy, you're just wanting a vacation. I'm not, but I do like this where it's warm. It's what happens when you get old. But so, so you have a dream. You want a Corvette or you want this house or you want to say, don't mess with my dream. Don't talk down about my dream. I'm not going to talk down about your dream as silly as it might be. But you, you just, it's okay. God, the, he, do you know what it says? He wants to give you the what? The desires of your heart. Do you know what God does? He puts the desire in your heart. So then you can cast the vision and he says, okay, that's what we'll do. So I don't know. That's one, another, I'm working on my wife on that one too. But we had a major miracle this week and so maybe a little high gracie. You, you do amazing today. That's that's my granddaughter over there. Excuse me for just a minute, but I love her very deeply. Um, and if they ever give you trouble, I've told you to call me, right? <laughs> so I've been studying this go north. There is a difference between magnetic north and true north. 
uh, there, there's a, a, a difference between them. And if you're calculating things, and you know, I've been studying navigation because my wife said, I don't know if I want to get out of sight of land with you in a boat. So I've been studying navigation. It even led me to go back and study celestial navigation. That's navigation before they had GPS. Because right now you can get in, in, on, a, on, a, on, a, on my yacht and you can punch in on the GPS where you want to go. And it doesn't matter because it connects to satellites. And it, it, just like you have GPS in, in your car, you, you can have it on a boat and it takes you where you, you need to go. And thank, thank God for that because I, I don't know. But I've been studying this celestial navigation. You've probably seen the old drawings because there wouldn't have been any pictures of people actually they have this thing called a sextant and it looks like a little like the, like what do you call those things in math this protractor, protractor uh, or, or a compass thing you you put a it's got a hole and you do it around they look like that and they're measuring the horizon but do you know why the measurement of time and its uh its accuracy became so important because any ship had to take what's called a ship's clock. And a ship's clock was usually big in those days and was the most accurate clock that they had because what they've discovered is if you really want to know where you're going, you navigate celestially but it's important for you to know what time it is. Because wow. if you don't know what time it is, your directions will be off a little bit. Now, I'm not here to give you the whole explanation about that, but if you don't know what time it is, wow. your direction can be off by ever how many degrees, and and you, you arrive at... Uh, uh, my ancestors landed in 1639 and at, uh, they landed at Salem, uh, what is now Massachusetts. But there were ships that headed for Salem, Massachusetts that wound up in South Carolina. Wow. You know why? Because they didn't know what time it was. Oh, yeah, they, they had these kind of compasses and things. But here's why this compass is not. If you want to go to the North Pole, you cannot follow one of these and get to the North Pole. You can get in the vicinity, and it's, 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 this is good enough to get you out of the woods, you know, if you're a Boy Scout. Uh, it's, it, it, the reason why magnetic north is different than true, true north is actually where the axis of the earth would be that's true north and it's always magnetic north is off do you know why because sitting underneath us right now i feel your feet do you know what's underneath your feet i know there's carpet i know there's concrete but i'm talking about down deep like two miles deep you know is the, the molten core of the earth filled with iron that's like huge pools and because the earth is spinning it keeps all of that inside stuff. That, that's the stuff volcanoes spew out. It's, it's high temperature. It's the making of diamonds. It's, it's, you know, where rocks melt. I mean, when you melt a rock, you've done something. Well, go home and try. Stick one on your stove and see if you can melt a rock. 
scientists can barely do it with all their x-rays and technology and what they have but because that pool is underneath it it makes the, the magnetic north be off to some degree so the way you correct it is you have to you have to judge your place by the stars because the stars don't move they're in different places at different times but they still predict, you know, with all of our atomic watch, watches and clocks and, and all of our fancy clock building, do you know that they still, about every 10 years, have to add or subtract a few seconds because they have to look at the stars and it's more accurate than anything they can come up with? Wow. Where your Rolex? But I want to tell you, you can't quite be as accurate as when God, when God says, I put the stars in their place. I told them to stay there and they haven't moved since the beginning of eternity. So if you want to make a judgment on directions, you know how like if you're in the woods, you say, I see that little hill over there. We're going toward that. And you keep checking that. If you really want to know where you're going on a boat when you're out where you can't see anything else, you look at a star, you get the sextant, you measure how far from a horizon and you compute it by putting what time it is and you know how much to move the ship. I know that, I know, I know that this says go this way, but because... Because it's a part of anything that's on the earth. Everything that's of earth is not exactly correct. Every human is not exactly perfect. I know he's got cute eyes and she's got cute lips, but they're not perfect. Trust me. I've been married 47 years and my wife is the most perfect person I ever met, but she's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nothing is perfect in this world. That's why we have viruses and that's why I double pneumonia. When he created the world, it was all perfect. And then we had this apple eating escapade. You just do, if you do something he says don't do, it messes everything up. And we're still dealing with the consequences of that. But there's going to come a day when there will be a new heaven and a new earth and when it's back like it's supposed to be the lamb will lay down with the lion i don't know lions are going to start eating, eating grass i don't know i don't know what's going to but the lamb will lay down with the lion there's no more animosity there's peace why because sir every knee has bowed every knee every knee christian knees Muslim knees, atheist knees, bees knees. Every, the, the one I want a ticket for is when Satan has to bow and acknowledge him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. I want a ticket for that. That might be the silence. I don't know. But as soon as he bows, they're going to wrap him up in chains and throw him in a bottomless pit that he'll never get out of again. And the lamb, the lion suddenly says, I, I like lambs. 
come lay down by me. That means all of your enemies, everything that has ever tried to keep you back, everything that has ever tried to, to grab you and say, you're not making progress, it will be done away with. When you get to that place of perfection, you cannot have that kind of perfection without the ministry of subtraction. Some things have to be subtracted. And when to make things perfect, there's a, there's a, in, in, in uh, chapter two, I may be wrong, in Revelation, there's a, a passage there that says, and I call them the no mores. Yes, yes. I'm not talking about s'mores and Hershey chocolate and, and I'm talking no more. Say it with me, no mores. No more tears. No more sorrow. No more pain. No more death. All of the bad stuff. You know what? I think roses are not even going to have thorns on them. It's just my personal theology. You may not agree with it, but it's everything is going to be perfect. God is working. He's building a place of perfection for you. And if you want to make it there, you're going to have to set your course, not by the, the emissions from earth, because I don't care who it is preaching or what they're saying. Everything is not exact. I, I, I'm, I'm mistaken in some things. I don't know because if I find out, I, I fix those things. But you just, it's not, everything's not perfect. I'm not perfect. But when that day comes, it will all be perfection. Yes, yes. I don't want to start sailing for Jamaica and wind up in Hong Kong. It's, it's kind of disconcerting. My wife would never get on the boat with me again. But you have to know, and that's what, what, what I discovered is this component to discover true north, there's a, an element of timing. And the Lord spoke to me and to talk, talk to you about, do you know what time it is? If you don't know what time it is, everything gets off. You miss appointments. You, you, you know, your yacht doesn't get where it's supposed to go. It's a critical question. But when you know what time it is, and I'm not talking about you have to study prophecy and know this, and this, for those who are into theology, is, is, the, is the rapture of the church going to take place pre-tribulation or post-tribulation or, or what? I don't know. I'm not pre-believing and I'm not post-believing. I'm pan-believing. It'll all pan out. Which means, I don't know exactly how he's going to do it, but he's got, a, he's got an order. And when I see God doing things like building great churches in cities, starting right here where you, you know, there's a lot of churches in Dallas. But God says, Dallas hasn't seen what I want to do, so I'll start more. Do you know how many other, you, there's maybe a hundred other churches already feeling and doing what happened. Re, the revival might be where a hundred churches gather together and start 
walking out life together. Now, there are organizations, and they'll have hundreds of churches, but they're usually spread all across the nation. What would happen if a hundred pastors and a hundred congregations said, we're together? You're not going to separate us. We're going to fight together. We're going to stand together. We're going to worship together. We're all equal. We stand before God. What would happen in a city if a hundred churches said, it's over? What's over? The fights about this and the fights about that. Why fight over the 10% you might disagree on when you can fellowship on the basis of the 90% that you agree on? Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen because that I said something right there. I said something. I, How do you know? Because I've looked down a lot of throats. A lot of people are into kingdom building. Their own. I'm into kingdom building too. His. What does he want? Esther, in the book of Esther, chapter 2, one of my favorite. I've written about Esther. We made movies about Esther. It, 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 I like Esther. But in chapter 2, just so you know, I'm using actual scriptures today. Never mind, I've quoted about 10 already. In Esther chapter 2, verse 15, there's, there's a, a phrase, and I want to pull that just that phrase. Here's what happened. The, the queen had displeased the king, the king of Persia we're talking about. This is not the king of Israel, it's the king of Persia. And his queen had betrayed him, an act of betrayal. Basically, he called for her to come and their people are saying he wanted her to dance nude. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. We don't know what he wanted. He just asked her to come and she wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, that that would, I mean, you know, oh, and it wasn't just for anything. He was having this giant celebration of the king and he wanted her to come. And she said, no, I'm busy. So they're celebrating the 100th anniversary of the kingdom. I don't know what all they're celebrating. And she says, I'm not coming to the party. Do you know that would cause a problem? And, and he, he said, okay, you're not the queen anymore. And then they, the, but the kingdom said, no, we need a functioning queen. What are we going to do? He said, find a new one. And they called for all the young girls of the kingdom and they I don't know how they filtered them. I've studied Esther. I've written five books on it. We still don't know, but somehow they filtered it down to a few. And among those few that were left was Esther, whom her guardian, she had lost her father and her mother. She was being raised by an uncle. Her guardian, Mordecai, told her, don't tell anybody you're a Jew. He said, first of all, I'm scared. They didn't celebrate when she got picked. Because it wasn't a choice that they had. It was a, uh, it's not like come if you want to. It was like come or, or else. Yeah. And the or else may not, well, you know, what he did with his queen, what would he do with a young peasant girl that just, just said, I'm not coming. So all the, the king and the, Mordecai saying, just all you do, just make sure nobody knows you're a Jew because if they find out you're a Jew, there was such anti-Semitism and, and, and second-class citizen. It could never happen like that. And she kept it secret. Yeah. She did. But when it was 
the, uh, uh, if you back up about ooh, seven or eight verses from there in the early part of the chapter two, it says, when the turn of each young maiden was to come before the king, she was given whatever she wanted. Okay, so the, it's this young girl, your, your turn, you have a date with the king. That means you're given whatever you want. You can, whatever dress do you want? Do you want Givenchy? Do you want Dior? Do you want Louboutin shoes? That's those red bottom ones, you know. Oh, some of you are looking like, cool, like, I don't know. No, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's on your dream list. What, whatever, you, whatever dress you wanted, whatever, uh, you know, you, it, it, whatever perfume. But Esther, the wisdom of Esther, she said when it was her turn, she said, I don't want to wear my favorite color. Can somebody tell me? And she inquired of the chief of the handmaidens, and his name was Haggai. She inquired and said, you tell me, what is the king's favorite color? What's the king's favorite perfume? You, you, don't, you don't want to go in there wearing perfume the king is allergic to. My wife and I were in London one time, and we were in, uh, uh, anybody here know what Harrods is? Okay, this is like the, the granddaddy of all department stores. It makes Dillard's look like kindergarten. Or, I mean, when I tell you, you can buy a funeral casket. You can buy horse saddles. You can, I, I, they literally, it's, it's just kind of, I just like walk around through there. Oh my God. Anything you could you could be born with stuff from here and die with stuff from here. It's... And we passed the perfume counter, and you know how they're always spraying stuff on these little cards and waving them, trying to hand them to you. And they did. This is when that perfume called Angel came out. I remember, remember Angel. And when they waved that little card in front of me, I was like, hmm. And I, I grabbed it and I told my wife, I said, look, I like this. It kind of smells like chocolate and this and that. And it was trying to describe it. And I said, and she said, Tommy, you know how both of us are. We're, we're allergic to a lot of perfume stuff. I'm wearing the same perfume now that I've been wearing for 40 years probably. I don't, I, I don't know. Just, I tried to change it one time and my grandkids said, you don't smell like pawpaw. So I kept it the same, and I'm not allergic to it. But we went to eat. Oh, there's, there's five restaurants in Harrods. We went to eat at, at, at the seafood restaurant, I believe, and we had sprayed some, sprayed some angel on her. And we're, uh, you know, about halfway through the meal, and she said, man, I have got a headache. And I, I didn't want to say it, but I had developed a headache too, and my nose was running like crazy. And it hit both of us at the same time. She said, Tommy, you made me spray that stuff on me. And now I got a headache and my eyes are crossed. Listen, the one thing you don't want from your bride is for her to have a headache when she puts on perfume. Just trust me. I, I, I got experience that you don't want that. And 
So she went and tried to wash it off, and it was so strong you couldn't quite get it all off. And so we went around with low-grade headaches the rest of the day. And, and she said, thank God you didn't make me buy that right then because I was ready to shell out and pay for it right then. It would have been useless. Why? Because allergic. Do you know that when Esther went before the king, it tells us that she was given myrrh, which is an, a, a perfume, yeah. and she, why, why myrrh? Well, the king said that's what to give them. Yeah. But if any girl wanted something other than myrrh, like uh, what is what's another one? Uh, um, frankincense. Yeah, may, maybe you want you want frankincense. That's a, that's a, a, a perfume thing too. You want frankincense? What if the king is allergic to frankincense? I mean, I know our king isn't, but I'm talking about that king. And so the girls are given, remember, I said, whatever they want. Say it with me, whatever they want. When whatever you want lines up with what he wants. That's how the desires of your heart, if your desires get right, God's not going to give you a, oh God, I almost said something bad. God is not going to give you a strip club for a present. I don't care what your fleshly desires might be. That's not a present you're going to get from daddy. Why? Because he don't, he don't agree with that, that kind of stuff. That's, a, that's abusive to women and it's degrading and it's bad. Okay? Trust me. It's bad. So don't even pray for one. If you do, we need to pray for you. But... They were given, this young girls were given whatever they want. So if they want frankincense, frankincense. Can you imagine they introduced, and your majesty, this is Bergola of Susa. I made up a name. And uh, hey, I, I tried to sound Persian. I don't know. Bergola. Right? What if I, I might name my dog that. That's kind of cool. Uh, but she walks in, Bergola, Susa, your majesty, the king, and, 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 you know, she kisses his ring or whatever, and they get ready. And as they're walking, the king goes, <clears throat> hey, anybody getting nose drops or something? Ask his guys, why? He said, I don't know, something. Suddenly it dawns on him. I'm allergic to her frankincense. You know what he would probably do? He would say, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. Why don't you just go back where you came from and thank you and guys give her some going away presents or something. I think what happens really is they were able to keep whatever they wanted. Whatever they got, you know, to dress and wear, they were able to keep it. That's what we think. So they would pick what they like. I've always wanted this dress. I've always wanted that. Dress. Right. The people who get to the king's heart wow. are, it's for them, it's easy for them to put their desires in second place and say, what does the king want? If you can ever learn what the king likes, And then you, your likes line up with that. So Esther, smart. Yeah. Everybody else picked out what they wanted. But Esther said, tell me, what, what's his favorite color? Is it blue? Okay. Yeah. I don't like blue, but he likes blue. Yeah. 
my dad, uh, may he rest in peace. His, I do not remember him ever having a pair of pajamas that were not red. And it's not just about Christmas and red pajamas. No, it's red pajamas in July, on the July 4th. It's red pajamas on President's Day. It's red. He just wore red pajamas. He liked red pajamas. When my mom married him, she hated. Red was the color in her little box of crayons that was always left after the rest of them were kind of nubbed out. Why? Because she didn't like red. Uh, but after being married to my dad, I was in her house one time and I said, Mom, why is every house we've lived in had red carpet? And she said, I'll tell you about it, son. I hated red till I met your dad and I fell in love with him. All of a sudden, I loved red. And I started seeing, if you fall in love with the king and you figure out what he likes and you just align your destinies with him, I'm talking, now, you hear what I'm saying? I keep saying a line and, and why. That's, that's like setting the clock. Yes, yes. Setting the clock, knowing what time it is. Yes. But here's the cool thing about it. Just like it said in those verses, I said about five or six verses before that says that when the turn of every young lady was given, then it says in verse 15, when the turn came for Esther, and it says exactly what she asked for nothing except what Haggai, the king's eunuch, charge of the women, advised. Yes. And she won favor. Yes. Yes. Everybody say favor. Favor in the eyes of all that looked upon her. The Bible, you know what's amazing about this book of Esther? The word favor is in virtually every chapter. It's if, you, if, you, if you dig down, the book of Esther is about favor and how a peasant girl can become a queen. She wasn't trained for a queen, but she's, she's smart and she says, what does the king like? You tell me. Somebody that's been close to the king for a long time. You know, that, that's the whole purpose of people who've served God faithfully for years like David. And I, I guess with my white beard, that makes me eligible also, is we've been around the king a lot. And we kind of know what he likes yes. and, and, and what he does. That's why sometimes he'll, I, I haven't been here when he did it, but I'm sure David comes up and says, hey, guys, we're going to sing this song. Yeah. Why? Because he just, that, that's what the king wants today. I've had people get frustrated because we sing, we get in one of those grooves, you know, and we'll sing the same song 39 times. I think I told you about it last week where we, we or last month or whenever it was. I had a guy at the end of a service one time accost me in the, in the foyer and say, I got a question for you. And I could tell it was going to be trouble. <laughs> he said, do you know how many times you sang that song? <laughs> I was a little taken aback by that. And I said, no, sir, I wasn't counting. He said, well, I was <laughs> 39 times. I said, Really? I said, we should have gone for 40. He said, why do you sing the same? I said, look, sir, obviously you don't understand this. So I'm just going to tell you, it's not about what song you like. It's about what song the king likes. And anybody here get, ever get a double dip of dressing on Thanksgiving? Or mashed, double dip of mashed potatoes or heaven help us, a double dip of ice cream. 
I, have, I haven't eaten a single dip of ice cream in years. Why? Because why stop at one when there's more in front of you? Especially if it's haagen strawberry. That's anointed by God. It's about what the king likes. What does he like? What does he want? And if you can align, set your clock by what his is, it allows you to correct for all of the false information that earth wants to give to you. And you can discern his voice and know when he's talking. If there's one secret to being a powerful Christian, it's learning to know when God's talking. Some people, God can't get a word in edgewise. Oh, Lord, help me. We don't make room for God in church. Why? We don't have time. We've got another service. We've got to do this. Listen, if God shows up, take care of the other services. They, they, they will, they'll come and they'll, they'll join in. Because if it's really a God thing, you, it doesn't matter. I, I know I'm, I'm five minutes over now. People are going to get their kids. And I'm so, I, I don't want to be arrogant to say it doesn't matter. But if, if the king has something he wants to say to you, and I fought hell to get here. I'm not going to get up here and play polite and nice. I'm up here to fight dirty like a guerrilla fighter, infiltrate behind the enemy lines and do some damage for the kingdom. That means I got to tell you the things he's telling me. Why? Because somebody's going to need... This week, you're going to need what I'm talking about. It's time to turn north, but not just any north. Well, I think north's over there. Okay, we're going to go by what you feel. No, we can't go by what you feel. I have gotten lost in the woods before. Why? Well, I thought I knew where I was going. I was eight years old. I saw bears and lions and tigers. I did. You don't believe me? You weren't there. You get lost in the woods at eight years old. Come to find out it was only a one-acre wood, but I, I'm, I was lost. It doesn't take a lot of a brush or thicket or woods for you to get turned around and start going in circles. It happened to the children of Israel. They went in circles for 80 years. Am I talking to somebody? You're tired of the rat race and you're tired of going in circles and you're ready to make this true north diversion and do exactly what he said? And we don't trust you to tell us what true north is. And we're going to look at the stars because the stars give his glory. Here, here's, the, here's the cool part about the Esther. I, I told you all that. Just uh, that's, that's the dressing around the edge. Here's the meat. I like this phrase. When the turn of Esther was come. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When Esther's turn yeah. came, yeah. maybe what God sent me by only got exactly 30 days after I was here before, yeah. 
when I had said, you're going to feel a shift. Maybe the reason why the enemy fought me so hard and I got daughters in hospitals, maybe is because the enemy didn't want you to hear this little word. What if I came to tell you it's your turn? That's what I'm saying right now. It's dwell church's turn. That means in order for it to be dwell church's turn, it's your turn and your turn and your turn and your turn. And you don't know how good it gets until it turns out to be your turn. Your turn for what? For an encounter with the king. Give God some praise right now about that. told you I've been studying this true north thing both as a concept of thought processes toward clear moral judgment because when I say true north yeah. say that with me true north, north. That, that means there's, we subtract some things from it yeah. and we, we, we filter some things from it and yeah. it's we, we want true north listen I would rather be going 10 miles an hour in the right direction than a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction. Do you get that? Oh, but it seems like you're going so slow. Doesn't matter if you're going in the right direction. It's way better than, listen, direction is more important than speed. Always. That's why God is giving this church some clear directions burning knees directions and he's saying it's your turn but you got to wear what I want you to wear and look like what I want you to look like it's time to put on the robes of worship why because we're going true north and true north is used as a judicial term Someone told me, I don't know this for a fact, they've been having the, the hearings for a new Supreme Court justice. Someone told me that the term moral true north was used in all of their questioning. Why? Because it's actually a judicial and illegal term. True north, it speaks of the moral alignment with what is right. And its its literal meaning is to allow people to arrive at a particular destination. Even when traversing the oceans in the 17th century using ancient devices, they could get to where they were going. It's, it's due to things called chronography that measures the distance between the height of the sun and the horizon. What is it? What are you telling you? You got to know how close you are to the sun going down. And I want to tell you, the shadows are getting long. Do you know what I mean when the shadows start getting long? The sun is sinking on the horizon. There's a new day coming, but before the new day comes, there's going to be a night. Oh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. But if you know where you're going, you can even keep going at night because you're guided by the stars as much as anything else. They, they had to carefully note 
That's why it, it repeats itself. The sun goes in cycles and they, they carefully note. That's why your, your, uh, your um, app can tell you what time the sun is gonna rise tomorrow. Do you know why? Because some ancient mariners started recording that. And they've kept records. And so now, they, because of when the sun rose 100 years ago, 20 years ago, they're able to say with definitive, the sun's going to rise at a certain time. You can set your clock by God's universe. They had to determine true north. That would, that would make the difference between reaching a destination or crashing on a rocky shoal or starved to death, never knowing where they are. They get, they get lost at, at sea, much less missing the critical time structure of delivery of supplies and for a, 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 a nation at war, a nation that needs food. God wants us to not just do something he wants us to do it at the right time yes, yes. that's why that's why I think God even inspired me I don't know what, what made me say 30 days but I, I do know it feels different this time than when I was here last time what do you mean different better was it bad last time no it wasn't bad but you're, you're, you're formulating your direction right now, right now. Dwell church is, is, and you can use all the fancy GPS technology or you can just say, God, where do we go? And he says, he'll tell us when it's time to turn north. And I, I, again, I wanna tell you, I discovered that it is clear and it's absolute and it's impossible even in our day and time to determine true north using calculations without knowing what time it is. So do you know what time it is? I can tell you, it's time. God is getting ready to do something here. Keep your eyes on dwell church why <laughs> because it's time look at somebody next to you and say it's my turn oh no come on guys you you you, you just did that like you wrote uh, what if i said it was literally your turn and and in in whatever you what what do you do you understand going in and an encounter with the king turned a peasant girl overnight into a princess she probably still had a little bit of the smell of the farm in her hair but underneath the perfume because her 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 accelerated destiny happened so fast that's what i feel like god is going to do he's going to take your destiny that seems like it's far off up there and he's going to accelerate your destiny he's not only are you moving toward things i'm about prophesy things are moving toward you yes somebody shouted it's my turn once you determine what true north is then it's easy to know what true east 
true west. And you, you, you can determine all, the, all your directions. It doesn't matter. In our spiritual victories and journeys, you're going to have to know what time it is, and that helps you figure out your direction. Because if you time and direction, time and direction. You say, why do you keep emphasizing time? Do you know what? I, I, first of all, I'm a watch aficionado. That's a good big word there. God, I had to use that. Aficionado, it means I like watches. Anybody here like watches? Do you know what? I don't like quartz watches. I don't like any watch that has a battery in it. I have, I have a couple of them, but I, I like the old, I like watches that have been made by, you know, you gotta have a watchmaker. I inherited my dad's, two of my dad's watches. One is his pocket watch and the other is the watch I gave him uh, 50 years ago. Uh, sorry, 47 years ago. And uh, I'm having it worked on that there's, they tell me that this is, some of the screws are rusted and they're gonna have to drill them out. And it's, it's a gold watch. And I said, oh, be careful, it's my dad. They said, we know, we, we, we got this. I said, well, if a man made it, a man can fix it. So you guys just do your best, know what I want. I like, but what I like is watches that are mechanical. I want to know that some, it's, it's like artistry. You look at some of those tiny sprockets and springs and, 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 and they call the springs in a watch a hair spring. Do you know what that means? It's about as thin as your hair, but it's made of a metal that will never lose its shape. Don't get me started on watches. Using ancient methods and not new cheated methods. Oh God, here we go. Okay, forgive me already before I say it. You can't have a Hillsong revival just by singing Hillsong churches. You can't have a Reading revival just by singing Reading songs. Uh, I, I could go down the list. It, it, it doesn't, it, it, you, you can do all of those things, but it really doesn't. I, it's it's kind of like cheat methods. Like uh, it's, it's a cheat, why? Well, if we sing the same song that they did when the glory fell for them, it'll fall for us. What if God wants to give you new songs? We need new songs. Every major move of God has a songwriting component that goes with it. John Wimber had the vineyard music. Some of you might even remember that. And then, you know, Redding's got its music and Bethel, I should, I should call it. They're great people. I love them. I'm not talking bad about them. I'm just saying you don't have to be what they are in order to be successful in God's kingdom. You need to be what Dwell Church is going to be. That's why it's called Dwell Church. We are we are a church of His presence, and I can say I belong. I've, I've got voted in as a member. We are a church of His presence. We want to dwell because we understand better is one day in His courts than a thousand elsewhere. If you can get all of this and wrap your head around it, this is our direction. And this is now, I came to tell you, it's your turn. You ever waited in line to get ice cream? 
I have. And there's so many different flavors. When I get up there, I still hadn't made up my mind. So I got a taste test about six different things. Can I taste that? Yes, sir. Can I taste that? And and then I go back to strawberry. Because I think that's what God likes. Or I don't, for me. The sun moves at a 15 degree arc. Okay, that means the sun traverses the sky, a 15 degree arc. That means every hour, the sun moves 15 degrees and you can set your clock by it. Every hour, it moves just that far. Have you set your clock lately? I know we've just went through uh, daylight savings and they say we're going to keep it. I'm, I'm for that. I like it a little extra daylight at the end of the day. But whether you're for it or against it, doesn't matter. I'm just asking you, did you set your clock? Oh, no, not, 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 your, not this clock. I'm talking about this clock. Are you aligned with heaven's time clock? Do you know? Because the worst thing that could happen for Dwell Church is for you to miss your turn. You 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 went at the wrong time. Oh no, it was uh, it was. Sorry, the king he left. That was three hours ago. But I'm sorry, I lost track. Listen, David came to pick me up this morning. Some of the things I, w- I got so in- enmeshed in study this morning, I lit- literally, in th- it's not the first time it happened, I lost track of time. And I get a text for- from him. I'm sitting in my pajamas and he says, I'm on my way to get you. I said, oh my God. I started throwing stuff around. Uh, I, I, fortunately, it was just maybe 10, 12 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and I, I, I was down there, um, but I lost track of time, and don't, you can you can laugh at that because, well, maybe, maybe you're so perfect that you've never lost track of time. When you lose track of time in the kingdom, you miss your turn, because it's, it's about timing and direction. If you, you got to be... I just felt felt like a cannon shot hit my chest. If you lose track of time, you miss your turn. Now, I want to tell you, you're not going to miss your turn. Why? Because you got leadership that's that's saying, okay, let's get stay on the same page. And I I feel that I've looked down your throat today for 45 minutes and I can tell you you're not the kind of people that are going to miss your turn you're going to be standing there waiting when the door opens why? I didn't lose track of time we only have so much time and I don't want to get to the end of my life and say I wish I had done this that's why I want a boat come on because I wish I had done that Are you going to get it? I don't know. If God lets me, I will. If he don't, I'll be fine about it. Just send me a sympathy card. Because regardless of what happens in the little points of my life, I do not want to miss my time 
my appointment, my turn. It, you, 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 you don't like when, when Israel got to the Jordan River the first time. Do you know it was their turn right then? And I could, I could go through the scriptures and prove it. it was their turn right then. God was doing it. He was ready for them. But they were at the right place geographically. Listen to me. Listen. This is the, the essence of what I'm preaching right here today, right in this moment. They were at the right place geographically. But the clock of their heart wasn't right. And they believed the report of the problems being bigger than the promise. If you believe that your problems are bigger than your promise, you're probably just going to have to take another lap. I don't want to do that. What a, what a sad thing that to miss your turn. to be. Do you know, I've been to Israel and not at any place. I've seen the Jordan River. Could I not throw a baseball over it? It's not that wide. It's not that big. And that means they were that close to their promise. But geographic doesn't mean spiritual. What do, how, do I, how do I get that? How do I get that? Geographic doesn't mean spiritual. Yes, you can say, oh, I'm in the right place. But it's the clock of your heart synchronized with heaven. Otherwise, he says, well, you, you were at the right place. You just kind of got there late. Wrong time. That's okay. Take another lap. Only problem with God, sometimes another lap is 40 years. I don't know about you. I don't want to wait 40 minutes. I don't want to wait 40 days for what God has said I can have today. But the only way that happens is time and direction. And God is giving you direction. He's sending, I don't know if you understand the term open heaven, but right now this church is existing under an open heaven. That's why you get prophetic words and God, we're not even planning for you. I don't even know. What's your name? Calvin. Calvin, Calvin nice to meet you. You can sing. No, sorry, you can sing. I loved it. But you know what I loved? He was obedient to God. He, they didn't know he was coming, but God said, I just got one little word I need to tell everybody about burning these. Timing. God timed it. I know, he, you don't know, he, he's here to do backup singing or whatever with C.C. Winans at some big to-do that they're having and may God bless them and may it be great, may it be great, but, but maybe that's not the whole reason you came to Dallas. Because you were here at the right time and I'm telling you, if I can get you guys timed with God, things that you never thought could happen and your, your, your destiny starts accelerating towards you instead of moving away from you. It's time. It's time. It's time. Tell somebody around you, it's time. Oh no, you just said it to me. Come on, preach it to them. It's time. It's my time. 
my miracles, my signs, my wonders. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.